Hi, everyone. It's Jeannie Kelly, and I have a special, special guest today. He has the most amazing podcast, How to Buy a Home. David Sidoni, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's turning into a buyer's market. It's exciting. I am so excited. I want to make sure everybody knows about you. You are on fire. I'm addicted. Podcast because you make much sense at home buying instead of renting. And I, ju I just love everything about the work that you are producing. So thank you. Thank you. Of course. It's my <laughs> pleasure. It's a, it's a passion project and a labor of love. After 13 years of being in the real estate industry and seeing how little quality information these people who were renting were actually getting. So uh, I'm just putting as much information out there as I can to help everybody. And I love that. And that's what I was going to ask you. How did you get into this line of work? And that's really so I Yeah, I started in real estate back in 2006, right before the market tanked. Um, I'm in Southern California, so I'm by Disneyland, where I used to work in high school and college. So, like a lot of realtors, the beginning of my career was working with first-time homebuyers. Then I got bigger and built a team and had all kinds of people working for me. And my wife came to me around three, four years ago and said, hey, uh, you're only happy when you work with those first-time buyers. The rest of the time, you're freaking out and stressing up your whole family out. And so... <laughs> <laughs> along the way, uh, along the way, I had learned that, uh, you know, the dirty little secret about the real estate industry is there are 3 million realtors right now and like 1.25 million listings. <laughs> the bar is just way too low to yeah. become a realtor. It's zero difficulty level. It's minimal, if any, training. So there's a whole bunch of people running around trying to help first-time homebuyers who don't have the experience, the knowledge, and the real training. They're taught more about branding and how to be seen on TikTok than they are to actually understand how to sell a home. I'm not sure if you can relate to this at all in your industry, wink, wink, hint, hint, <laughs> but um, you know, trying to help people with these things that are so important, buying your first home, fixing your credit so that you can do things. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there giving misinformation, almost kind of doing this such important work as a side hustle. And that bummed me out. So I started this purely as an education platform to empower and inform. Um, and then uh, apparently a lot of people really were into it because now it took off on the podcast and the website have exploded. I love it. I love it. Be and it's because we don't know. David, I I didn't know how to buy a home. And that's why I even love the title, How to Buy a Home. Because it's true. Like, no one talks about it. And let's just say you want to go to someone like your parents. A lot of things have changed since they bought their home. So that's why your podcast is so current. It's so needed, and it takes the fear away, and that's – I totally love that. I appreciate that, and that's, you know, a part of the reason why over the years I've had such a good relationship with you because it's one thing to get your name out there. It's another thing to stay on top of it because like a pregnancy, mom, I'm super glad you had me 25, 30 years ago, but things have changed at the hospital. 
you know, and everybody feels like they know how to handle it. But unless you're dealing with a credit specialist or you're dealing with a realtor or you're dealing with a lender who's doing it every single day, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated how many of my first time home buyers go, wait, interest rates change every day. And I'll go, yeah, like hours. Every a few, every few hours they change. It's like the stock market; it just keeps ticking, you know. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I know your passion is there, obviously, for these first-time home buyers. What is your favorite thing that you love doing day in day out? Oh well, you're going to reveal my inner nerd. Um, growing <laughs> up here in Southern California and helping first-time home buyers in Southern California. Uh, my favorite thing is is helping people get creative and understand the math. So you asked me a question where I'm supposed to give a big, sexy answer, and my answer <laughs> is really nerdy and boring. I like to take people who are renting for $2,500 a month and can't figure out what to do and do all this huge formula and math to help them figure out how a low down payment versus an increasing rent versus rising interest rates and and I put it all together for them, and they go, holy crap, you mean so if I buy now, I save hundreds of thousands of dollars versus waiting two or three years, which, again, part of the reason why you and I connect, we both have similar stories. Like, you started doing this out of a passion. I started doing this because no one told me at 20, and then when I got into real estate at 35, I did the math, and I went, oh, my God, $104,000 in rent I paid, and that was $90, so that's a lot more today. And then, so I love sharing with people who feel stuck right now, hey, here's what I did. And if you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to do what I did too. And at 28 years old, I got a $1,500 security deposit back instead of a home worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So let's change that for you. So those creative financial consulting, which is a hybrid, it's a halfway between a lender and a realtor. People will go out and hire a lender who, who is an input person. They put their numbers in a thing. They spit out a pre-approval, and they go, here you go. And then they go get a realtor, and the realtor says, here's the listings, and opens the door for them. My passion is somewhere in the middle, helping people figure out what's the creative and smart way to do this for long-term wealth. Right. And I love that because – and that's so true. Instead of just – and that's with the credit – as well, instead of just saying, okay, well, yeah, of course you can be pre-approved with this credit score, and and they, they're they locked in for 30 years. Of course, they can refinance and all that, but do you know, we don't want to go through getting that mortgage all over again and all that paperwork and the stress, so do it right the first time. And all over the news, you know, we hear about the change of rates, and people can be afraid, but I love that you love doing the math because it can still make a lot of sense buying right now, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's so funny you said that. Uh, this morning when I got out of the shower, uh, I immediately ran to my phone and did a voice memo because that's where um, suddenly I get all my brilliant ideas. Um, you know, I was <laughs> this, this housing recession is not going to be as bad as 2008's. Recession. 2008 was a, was, a, was a recession that was caused by housing. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch The Big Short. It explains everything. Um, great movie. But yeah. the, this, this next recession 
And in that worst recession ever, that was caused by housing. If you bought a house in 2008, by 2013, you were break even. So it's really and, – and if you bought a house in 2008, in 2011, you would have been calling me going, Sidoni, I'm going to kill you. You told me to buy a house. It's dropped 45%. And then I would have said, hang on. And then by 2013, you would have been break even. But what's the difference in the math? Over those five years, you've been putting money towards the principal of a home instead of paying rent that, by the way, is going to increase every year and your purchase is fixed which is precisely why I tell everybody, I don't care if you can't buy today, sign a lease, call Jeannie and call me, and let's make it your last lease ever. And over these 12 months, fix your credit, fix your credit, start your saving and work on your debt. And then in 12 months, we'll buy, because no matter where the market's going, you know, for, for most people, if you rent for the average rent in your area, the average home equivalent to that in the long run, it's better to buy it and let it sink for three years and come back for three years than it is to rent for three years and buy at the quote-unquote bottom. But again, right. that's my nerdy math stuff. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So if someone is um, a first-time home buyer, uh, what's your like number one question they should be doing? The first thing that, I, you know, on my podcast, what I tell people is, you're going to feel overwhelmed. You know, um, the reason I started the podcast, what, well, one of the reasons, I Googled first-time homebuyer back in 2017 and 18, and I swear to God, I got 18 pages in. There wasn't one realtor. It's all lenders. And mm. these online lenders are trying to capture people. So, so the, the, the answer to your question is there's maybe 10% of the the, the real estate industry out there who's willing to help you early. You know, uh, someone should be working hand in hand with you, with a realtor, and then have the realtor find a lender and do like a meeting 12 months before you're even thinking about buying. And then once you have your team together, then Jeannie gives the action steps. Okay, these are the things we're going to do to raise that credit score over the next little while. The lender says, okay, your debt's too high here, so we're going to work on paying off the debt. And keep in mind, you might not pay off all your debt. You might pay off some of your debt and keep some of it and then put the other in a cash reserve. So, But most people try to do that on their own. So the number one thing I tell people is find a team, and then mm -hmm. while you're working with the team, keep listening to the podcast, keep getting and educate and empower yourself but get those action steps and work on them. I love that. And it, it is a dream team. When you, you, you really have to find that dream team, you're part of my dream team when it comes to anyone who wants to purchase a home because the knowledge and everything that you provide. And, again, you also have people to help. So as we work together they're going in with experts in our fields, right, instead of, you know, this person trying to give credit information when just stay in your lane, you know? And uh, so I love yes. that. I love working with you for that. And let me ask you, what, what do you think someone should do before applying for the home loan to get that best rate? To get the best rate for a home, you know, it's so funny because a lot of people will talk to me about cash reserves 
and do I need to have a job for two years? And they, you know, I talked to, I had an interview with one of my listeners who bought a home and he's like, so I started on Google, a millennial's best friend. Uh, and then he said, fortunately, I found you. And then you said, hey, dummy, stop Googling it and trying to do it yourself. It's like trying to do your own heart surgery. Call somebody. So when he called me, we ended up going to a lender. Now, if you're in a situation where you can buy a home with a 580 credit score, but the, the, the credit, the, the, your terms and your rates on your loan are going to increase about every 20 points. So if you're below you know, even a 740, because that's the top. If you're below that, first thing you do, find your real estate team, talk to, get, get the right realtor, and then get the right lender. Have the lender take a look at things. A lot of times they'll give you some initial concepts and ideas. But the one thing I explain to people is credit takes time. And to get the best rate, you need your best credit score. And you can do all kinds of other stuff a month or two months before we start writing offers. But the one thing that you need to start before you're ready is start working on your credit. Cause they're going to, there are people like, Oh, I didn't think I could buy a home. I've had a job for four months. Well, if you've got a good contract with that job, like the, the millennial I was telling you about, he got a job in what he had just graduated college for. And because he had the degree at four months, they gave him a loan approval. Great. So, yeah, because they said, well, you got a job in the degree that you're going for. So he didn't need that two years, which is a myth. So right. I tell people all the time, when you're 18, year old, 18 years old, listen to Jeannie, don't do what she and I did. Get credit <laughs> cards and be responsible and start building your credit. Yeah, you know, exactly. because who knows, at 22, my goal is that people listen to my podcast, talk to you and get their credit fixed and never have to rent ever. You know, right. you can buy yeah. in the first place at 20 years old. But I mean, it's, all about, it's all about getting your credit set up. Yeah. Exactly. And you did mention it, David, like uh, going for how to choose the right realtor and mortgage lender. What's your advice on that? Because you're saying you need to hook up with one. But how does someone find the good realtor, the good mortgage lender? So... I'm always very, very careful about this because I want to. I want everyone to do the work and explore on their own. Um, and I don't want it to sound like I'm selling people to come to me. But mm -hmm. I started the podcast purely as education, and the next thing you know, people started talking to me, and I have this group I call my Unicorn Realtors. And it's purely just people I've had known in the industry for 15 years, 16 years now. And it, it I tell people, come – Learn everything you want to, and then, you know, episode six, I have a whole episode on how to interview your realtor. There's certain mm -hmm. questions you need to ask. You know, great, I found you on TikTok. I found you on Instagram. You look really – and, you know, one of the big mistakes I see people do is they go to an open house, they talk to a realtor, and they really get along with them. And then they're like, this realtor's awesome. They called me, like, every day for the past week. Yeah, because they don't <laughs> have any other clients. Right. They have nothing else to do. And, you know, just you know, learn as much as you can. Understand that open houses are an advertisement for realtors. They sell less than 4% of homes. They're there to get clients. And understand the process. So I have a whole podcast that tells you all the questions you want to ask. How many homes have you sold? Who's going to be showing me the homes? 
you know, uh, can you send me a contract ahead of time? Will you show me the emails that you send for an offer? And if they look at you blankly for that, they've never written an offer because your email presentation, I mean, I have eight templates on my computer ready to go. So, so there's all that inside information, and I'll tell people, come and learn all that. And then if you want to, I can tell you some of the people that I know around the country who have been helping all my listeners, and you can hear them interviewed on the podcast, and it can just make such a world of difference. Working with someone who, that unicorn, it's that, that magical, mystical combination of experienced who wants to work with the first-time homebuyer as well. Right. And you know what? Why don't we, I'm going to say it at the end, but right now, how do people find you? Howtobuyahome.com. Super simple. <laughs> Howtobuyahome.com. Love it. Anywhere, Love you, it. anywhere you listen to podcasts, How to Buy a Home, you'll see my ugly mug. And uh, it's, I'm the only <laughs> How to Buy a Home. Nobody else wants to do it. So thankfully, my podcast is, you know, 700,000 downloads right now because all the big time realtors want to work with sellers. The whole industry is geared towards sellers, you know, mm. very much like the whole internet, uh, Quicken and Rocket Mortgage and all those people have, have spent billions, billions of dollars. I read that Rocket Mortgage made $1.4 billion last year with a $60 million profit. Which means mm. they spent 1.34 billion on advertising and marketing <laughs> and overhead, <laughs> because that's why they're you see all those Super Bowl commercials and they're gonna and so I tell people go find the credit person first, go find the education, go find you know as much that you can learn first before you just go to these people that you know pop up on your screen, right. Exactly. And let me ask you, when it comes to thinking about buying a house outside of the cost of a mortgage, what other research should uh, people do for purchasing a home? Like, what else do you think, like, they're thinking about the mortgage, but what else do they need to be thinking about? I think if you're a year out and you sign a lease, it's a, it's a great time to dual learn. Um, Mm -hmm. Start understanding and learning simple budgeting. There's a, a, a book that I heard at a seminar years ago that I tell all my listeners about. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. Love and, it. Yep. And it's, you know, live off 70% of your income and then split the rest up how you like. In the book, they do 10, 10, 10, uh, saving, investing, and charity. But a lot of my people who are saving for a home 10, 10, 10 becomes 15, 15 or 15, 14, and they give 1% to charity. And 15% of it is them paying down some debt because they're working with someone to get their credit score up. Because if you go from a 640 to a 720 in that year, you might save, you know, hundreds a month, thousands over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I think the key is, (laughs) I call it on my podcast, there's, There's two words, the B word and the C word. The B word is budget and the C word is compromise. Um, The sooner that you wrap your brains around those things while you're getting ready, um, you you don't have to be a financial pro. You don't have to start investing, you know, like a big fancy stock person. But understanding your personal credit, your personal budget in that first year, it'll prepare you. And then all those things, people are like, well, what happens if, you know, my sink – 
breaks. My landlord usually fixes it. I'm like, well, if you're freaked out about your sink fixing, maybe you shouldn't be buying a $300,000 house anyway. You know, maybe, maybe you should, maybe you should, you should have a bigger understanding. And so use the year to do that. Right. Yeah. And what do you think are some common mistakes first time home buyers make? It's going to sound repetitive, but the number one thing at, this is me when I close, when I hand someone the keys, when they're jumping up and down and they're happy. Fantastic. Three months later, they call me and go, this is great. I'm getting used to it. A year later, like clockwork, they all call me and say, dang, Sedoni, I should have called you three years ago, man. We've been paying this mortgage for a year. It's no big deal. The number one thing is people don't start soon enough. And then piggybacking on that, probably the biggest mistake that I see is people not talking to people and doing it on their own, especially with Google is my best friend mindset. And they just start going to open houses and then they fall, they go to an open house they fall in love with and then they're scrambling and what is already a stressful uh, situation becomes 10 times more stressful because they're 48 hours of them trying to get all their loan stuff together, trying to figure out if they have a good realtor. And more often than not, you know, that first deal falls apart or they get into worse, they get into a deal and the loan or the realtor totally messes it up and it could cost you money. So... The biggest mistake I see people make is not preparing early. And if you prepare early, all the other mistakes I see people make where they bite off more than they can chew, where they put themselves in a position to be house poor, where they don't know about 3% down payment as opposed to 20%, which they think that's what they have to save up for. All those mistakes get taken away if you Mm -hmm. just – you know, look at look at your screen time on your phone. If you did five hours this week on TikTok, do four hours on TikTok and one hour educating yourself if you ever want to buy a house. Just right. one hour a week. And then eventually exactly. you'll find a resource and you'll learn. Yep. Yeah. And what do you think in the real estate industry right now, what are you surprised about? Uh, boy, I wish I could say I'm surprised, but I'm kind of not. Um, I've seen, I've been through this before. God, I sound like such a boomer old man, but I've, I've seen the cycle of people getting into the industry to make money because it looks easy. And, um, I am shocked at, at how many people, uh, are becoming realtors without understanding that this is the biggest financial transactions of these people's lives. And you need to know a heck of a lot more about how to negotiate, how to represent them, and how to be a fierce advocate as opposed to, you know, just being somebody uh, who, you know, has a good Instagram feed. Um, right. Uh, I, 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 I'm still shocked that the real estate industry is still so archaic that um, they, they cater towards the sellers and they don't, you know, buyers are, are 30% of, 30 to 35% of the transactions every single year. And it surprises me that the real estate industry isn't helping these people more. So that's why I do what I do. So to try to, to try to fill that gap. Yeah. And what do you also like, what challenges are you worried about most? These home buyers, right? Yeah. Right now it's, uh, 
I am always concerned that headlines and uh, fear and change is going to stop the beginning of the planning process. You know, um, I am concerned that people are going to hear about interest rates, hear about a coming recession. I mean, I've seen this before with elections. I've seen, you know, people will call me in April and they'll say, well, I'm not going to do anything till after the election. So then the election happens in December. They call me and I go, great. So the election did nothing, right? Fantastic. And then they go, okay, let's get going. And I'll say, cool. Well, we could have brought your credit score up 30 points in the past six months, but you wanted to wait till the election. So now we have to start today. And if you want to buy a home today, we can, but you're going to get a worse rate. So, you know, the, 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 my biggest fear is that people are going to be paralyzed by negative, you know, and I can yep. tell you this. Negative is ruling because I'm putting out all this information on social media and the number one posts that I get are when the haters and the trolls want to come on and tell me what an idiot I am. And I know the buyers are seeing that. So I pray Mm -hmm. that they find people they can trust, people who have a track record, people who have been doing this for a long time and people who have been doing it for the right reasons. And Listen to those people instead of the people with the megaphone just trying to get a headline. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, my my tip is always start today. I, you know, it's okay. Let's not yep. look at the past because we get like in my in my situation, like yeah, I messed up my credit and I couldn't keep focusing on that. Like I needed a like. Just start today. And even if it's baby steps, I'd rather you be moving forward slowly than just staying stuck. No matter what that is, if you're purchasing a home, we have to think about our credit. We have to think about learning about the home buying process. We have to have our dream team, the real estate, the uh, mortgage lender. It's just, you have to, and educating yourself starting today Finding your podcast, How to Buy a Home Today, and why not? Exactly what you're saying, spending all those hours, maybe on TikTok, let's let's have some time for something that your financial wellness, you know, it's so important and we're not talking about it enough. And and a home is a big part of our financial wellness. And it's so, all of that is so huge and I mean, you're so right, Jeannie, start today. And I love, I love you know, being able to send people over to you because it's, it's actionable and, and trackable. You know, I'm sitting with someone saying, okay, over these 12 months, we're going to help prepare and get you ready to buy a home. All they want to do is jump in the car and play HGTV with me and go look at houses. And I, I totally get that. But I, I love I'll, when I explain to people, let's start today and I'll tell you what. Here, start working on your credit, talk to Jeannie, and then in 30 days, I can call them back and go, how's it going? And they can go, sweet, I'm up four points. You know, it's just, it's motivation. It helps people get going. You know, I'm up four points. I have an extra $800 in my savings account. Awesome. And then watch those progress steps. Find whatever it takes to motivate you. And one of the best ways to motivate yourself is to watch your credit score change, to watch your savings account increase, to watch your loans start to diminish. And Mm -hmm. that's the juice to get us going 
And I think that people get so scared of everything, they don't realize, no, no, if you start today, I'm going to give you all these cool little pieces of dessert along the way. So start today, and you're going to feel better about yourself, even though we're not going to be in a home for a year. Right, exactly. It's like, and I say, I wish, I know my name's Jeannie, and I can give you those three, grant you three wishes, <laughs> It's just not going to happen in this, in the credit industry. There's no, just like in the health industry, there's no magical pill to lose the weight, right? But we yep. can, we can, if we just using weight as an example, when I'm focused on a health program and using time to exercise, eating right, having the recipes, being plugged in to a group to keep me motivated, whatever it may be, same thing with my credit. You know, it can be, it might be only a little bit of pounds each week, but looking at that long term, three months, six months, isn't it nice? when it's moving in the direction you want instead of just staying there or moving into the wrong direction. So, you know, we have yeah. to, we just have to start. And I know it sounds so simple, right? Because a lot of times in my, you know, people tell me they're afraid and I get it. They're afraid to think about purchasing a home because they're overwhelmed. How, where do I begin? They're afraid working on their credit, but you begin by starting. You begin by starting. And, uh, you know, so I, I just, yeah, it, it's just what I believe. And that's why I love your podcast, because it's just so informative. Well, and I keep and I keep telling, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You know, I started in my living room at three in the morning just for fun to help my people who work at Disneyland because I got <laughs> tired of driving to Disneyland and sitting in Starbucks and having these hour long conversations. So I just did it on a on a microphone myself. Uh, and wow. then everyone else said, hey, this is what I want. And one of the things I love, you know, <laughs> I, I know that it's fun with your name, but it really is the way that you work it with the wishes. And <laughs> we're such a immediate gratification world. I think that the person who has so much fear and the the neat thing about, okay, I can't grant your wish, but come here. If we get started today, you know, I go through my day and there's four or five people I'm talking to who are getting the keys to their brand new first home. You would think that would be the highlight of my day. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the person who was afraid who talked to me and I'm talking to them 14 days in and they're like, hey, I talked to a lender and I found out I can probably buy this home in six months. So I started doing this, this and this. Super boring. No big deal. That gets me more excited because I know the end. It's right. just like you. No, I can't grant you a wish and turn you into anything immediately. But because I know the end, you know, I'm super excited about what we're starting today. That's the right. neat part. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, it's, it's so true. And I, you know, I just, I love what I do because, and I know this is like you, David, because we made the mistakes in our, you know, and this is yep. why we don't want others to do that. And I always think, gosh, if I could have had one person help me during those hard, horrible times, that shining light, I just wish. So, you know, I try to take that pain away for others because, it, you know, being trapped with lousy credit, it doesn't feel so great. But uh, now we have solutions and, you know, and you just, yep. you know, just got to get going on it. And let me ask you to end this um, a few things like. How did you ever learn about credit when you, like, how'd you learn? 
the hard way, getting my <laughs> butt handed to me for years and years and years. I, yeah. I'm so – my father taught me things and protected me from so many things in this world, um, and that's great, and my mom too. My kids, boy, I'm going to shelter them from all this stuff that just whooped me up. Um I eventually, you know, it was the 90s when I was 21 years old. It was pre-taxes or pre-internet. So my tax person was the first person to talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, actually, you know, after I believe one of our discussions and initial emails and phone calls, um, at 50 years old, I'm 52 now, at 50 years old, I called my dad and became an authorized user. So you never stop learning. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he, had a credit, he had a credit card that was 40 years old. He had a 40-year-old credit card. My history, my score jumped 40 points. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But yep. I love asking people because I'm waiting for someone, and so far it hasn't happened, but I'm waiting for someone to say, oh, well, I learned because in high school there was a class about yep. it. You know, I just can't wait to hear that someday. I don't know when that'll ever be. I try so hard to educate young because that then they don't have to make the mistakes that I did. But that's why it's so interesting because most of us learn by messing it up. Like, oh, that hurt. I didn't realize that just doing that one thing yeah. messed up my credit. So it, it's so interesting. And so also in the home buying world, what would be your number one tip you want to share with everyone when it comes to home buying? It's a combination of everything that we talked about. The, the, the number one tip is uh, the 38% of people who could buy a home today think that they need 20% down. And that means 38% of the people out there who could buy a home are paying $1,500, $2,000, dollars $3,000 a month in rent that they don't have to. So the number one tip I have is to find credible resources, people who have been talking about this for a long time, not just posting something right now to get you to click on it, and begin the education process as soon as you can. Look, I didn't want to hear when my dad talked to me about getting life insurance when I was 25 years old, but that's talking about being dead. We're talking about you're renting right now. You want to buy a house someday, right? I don't understand why people put it in the same category as that boring stuff. I don't want to talk about retirement that years from now I still want to travel. Cool. How about instead of taking four trips next year, take three trips and save the rest for a down payment and buy a house because next year your rent's going up 400 bucks. Right. So number one tip I have is start education. You know, I'm not – it is a lot of work to put out a podcast to educate and to try to help people. And I've stopped selling as many homes as I used to, but I believe that it's not done because you don't get rich doing it. So a lot of things in life that are going to be helpful to people, um, people don't do because they can't make a quick buck off of it. So like you were talking about, I'm not granting your wishes, but I get super excited when your score goes up 10 points. And I'm the same way. I'm like, we're not going to buy a house tomorrow, but I get super excited when you start a plan. Number one thing is start educating yourself. Start listening and check out the sources and make sure they've been doing it for more than a minute. That's right. I love that. And again, how do we find you, David? Howtobuyahome.com. 
Everything's there. There's a YouTube How to Buy a Home podcast if you like watching videos. I tell people all the time, I'm your friend on the treadmill, driving the car to work or taking the train or walking the dog. Um, And the podcast is there, but it's all at howtobuyahome.com. Awesome. David, thank you so much for all this information. I want everyone to subscribe to your podcast because whether it's your first time buying a home, whether it's going to be your next home, you need to educate yourself and you're the man to do it. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. And keep granting those long plan wishes. It's not magic at the moment, but the fairy dust builds over months. And I love it. Absolutely. I will do it. I will continue. I love it. And I appreciate you so much. Thanks, Jeannie. Okay. Bye, David. Bye-bye.